Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Izzy and Bobby from New Way Training Center, formerly known as New Way Martial Arts Academy in Michigan. What's up, guys? How are you today? Good, how are you? Very good. Thanks for having us. Of course. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. All right. Let's jump right into the details here. How did we get started in this whole business? Uh, What made you guys want to open your own facility? We we both have been training boxing for 23 plus years. Um, And just being at gym, you know, different gyms and seeing how gyms were ran and how people were taught. we found passion in what we did. We loved what we did. And um, we just, one day we were, you know, we were sitting there and we're like, maybe we should open our own boxing gym. Like gyms were opening and closing like crazy. Mm-hmm. The gym that we were going to was thinking about selling. And uh, we were like, maybe, we will, maybe we'll buy it, you know? <clears throat> so we sat down with our coach at the time and he wanted a lot of, a lot more money than what it was worth. Um, we both work in full-time jobs and we're like, ah, eh, maybe it's not the right time, you know? Mm-hmm. So we kind of pumped the brakes on it. Uh, from there, I started doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, uh, met, a, met one of my instructors, his name was Jamel McCurry, great, great man, great individual, um, and I started to see how he would teach, and um, the way he taught Jiu-Jitsu would, like, capture the audience, and he taught it in such a way that really helped people get better quicker, mm-hmm. and, and I remember that was a couple years later, I look back at her, I'm like, man, I think we can really do our own gym, I think if we incorporate how he teaches, we can teach boxing the same way and boxing's never been taught that way and we can right. make this work. So then we, you know, we thought about it some more and then we're like, ah, put on the back burner. And then Jamel was like, I want to, I want to open up, you know, a bigger spot. He's like, would you want to do it with me? And I was like, yeah, I would love to do it with you. It'd be an honor. So we started playing around with that idea and, you know, we looked at some spots together and we just couldn't like figure it out where he was afraid to take the step. And Izzy and I were like, let's go, you know? Yeah. And I think right. us being oh, so oh, gun-ho <laughs> scared him a little bit, you know? And uh, so we kind of pumped the brakes on that. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to open up a second location, Royal Oak. Why don't you guys help me run it? And we were like, eh, whatever, we'll do that. No problem, you know? So he opened up a second location, Royal Oak. Me, Izzy, and one of our friends, Jared, um, started running that school. Uh, Jared was the highest ranked jiu-jitsu practitioner, so he was our head jiu-jitsu instructor there. Izzy and I ran the boxing, kickboxing, MMA stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a lot of fun with it, you know? We're driving kind of far to get there, though, and uh, it was like 45 minutes each way, mm-hmm. and uh, we did it for about a year and a half, and we're like, all right, well, I've been running a school for free for somebody else. Yeah. Maybe it's time to do our own thing, you know? Uh, we, we, met a, we met a gentleman uh, that I did jiu-jitsu with, um, and we kind of became good friends and we were sitting at his house one day uh, back in 2010 going into 2011 and um just me and Izzy just feeling him out we were like if we open up our own gym you know (laughs) and he was kind of like you think so and we're like dude we're doing it already at first everyone thought it was a joke and then yeah like no for real like why can't we do this you know I'm like we're doing it already you know for for Jamel let's do it you know and he was like well where would you want to open and I'm like I already got to figure it out like I already, so I was an executive for Sprint. I used to have to do a lot of market analysis, market research, yep. negotiate leases, help people get leases signed and things like that. And I kind of had a, a spot here in Shelby Township I always liked. So 
when we pitched it to, to Jay, our old partner, he was like, oh, let's do it. You know, we literally the next day got the LLC going. And by that April, we were in our place teaching. And that's kind of how it came about. So there was a couple opportunities at the beginning where it was like, we're going to do this, we're going to back up. We're going to do this, we're going to back up. And then uh, in, in 2011, we're like, let's go all in. And we just mm -hmm. jumped in and did it. You know? At first, we just started off as like, just had enough members just to pay the bills. And that's mm -hmm. all we had, had hoped for. And then before you know it, you know, grew and grew and grew and just kind of blew up. All three of us are working full-time jobs. Mm -hmm. So I was an executive yeah. aspirant. She did illustrations for EDS, for car manuals and things like that. And uh, Jason sold machinery. And uh, so we did this while we ran the gym together for a while. And we just set goals for ourselves. We're like, okay, where do you, our lease is three years. Where do we want to see ourselves in three years? And we just set goals. Okay, we want to have 100 students. We want to outgrow this spot, so on and so forth. And um, within about a year and a half of being open, everyone thought we were crazy because of the recession and all that. You know, <laughs> we had hit 100 members. We're like, man, we already got there, you know? Yeah. And uh, the other half of our building was still, so it was 2,500 square foot. We had about maybe 80 mats, two heavy bags and a speed bag when we started. Mm -hmm. um, Super small. We, we used yeah. to have to like move the mats around. Like we, we had Zumba to help make up some money at the beginning. Yeah. So we'd have to like teach jujitsu and then move the mats out of the way for Zumba and then bring the mats back Super down. Super pain and, in the butt, but yeah. it helped to pay the bills at the time. You know, so you just right. did what you had to do at the beginning. And then uh, when we hit the three-year mark, we're like, okay, let's refocus our energy. We got rid of the things that we didn't want it to be part of our gym, but were helping us kind of stay afloat. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, let's stop focusing on all these little things and focus on what the core is and make those core programs bigger. And uh, we expanded to 5,000 square feet. We broke the building in half and we had one side, it was our striking side. One side was our jujitsu side. Okay. And um, at that point, we kind of spread out a little bit and everybody was, was teaching on both sides and doing things. And um, we always talked our 10 year goal would be to have one of the largest martial arts facilities in Michigan. It was an aggressive goal. But sometimes you want to set aggressive goals and see if you can accomplish them. Yeah. And absolutely. Uh, about six years into it, we had a year left on our lease and we were averaging 40 to 50 people per class. And it just, we just not have the space for the student we're base. We're like we sardines had. trying to cram everyone yeah. in. And we're like, oh, this, you know, we got to get bigger again. So we sat right. down and we're like, all right, let's, let's make the decision. Do we jump all in? Do we go all out? Or do we stay back and try to make this work some more, you know? Mm -hmm. And we were all still working our jobs at the time. And uh, we're like, we're going to jump all in. And then that's when Izzy was like, well, you know, I, I'm not sure how much longer we will be able to do what I do. They're talking about moving the company to a different state. There's some things going on with her company with downsizing and things like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, she, she came to me and she's like, you know, what if I manage the gym? And I was like, well, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. We'll have to talk to Jay too, you know? And then um, I was like, I helped her put together like a 30, 60, 90 day plan. I'm like, let's pitch it to Jay. And if he likes it, you know, if we have the room and the budget, we'll give you the salary and we'll cover your you know, thing. We'll make it happen. Mm -hmm. And at that time we had no daytime classes. So the, the appeal to us was having daytime classes. Yeah. Um, if she wasn't working, we could do that because me and Jason were still working. So um, we had dinner, we sat down, we talked about it. We're like, bam, let's go. And uh, we did that. And then we expanded uh, to where we're at now. We are with a 12,000 square foot facility, um, we have a full size 20 foot MMA cage, two full size 20 foot boxing rings. We have 22 heavy bags and like about 7,000 square foot of mat space for jujitsu wow. with a 2,000 square foot workout facility as well with weights and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, 
we just were like, all right, let's go. We took a loan out. We're like, you sink or swim, you know? Yeah, right. And, uh, <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, we opened up and people came flocking yeah, in. And yeah, yeah. It was, it was were, amazing. The first week, we're like, wow, where did all these people come from? There was just kind of word of mouth and people yep. kind of seen in the area, they just kind of seen like what's going on here. And so a lot of mm -hmm. people were coming in and checking it out and it was pretty amazing right out the gate. It was, it was humbling. It was humbling. And it was also uh, very rewarding. Some of the other gyms in the area were like, Oh, look what they did. And then they started copying what the business model that we were doing. And mm -hmm. we got to see other gyms, like friends of ours that own other gyms become successful, just following the same kind of path we did. And um, it was it was pretty awesome to see, and uh, that's kind of how we came. came yeah, absolutely, that's amazing. So now with your name change, it kind of sparks a couple of things in my brain immediately. But I want to know why you're going more toward training center from martial arts academy. What's what's the reasoning there, and what is the shift in? business model if there is one at all okay um i'll touch a little bit of base on it and i'm gonna let her touch touch mm -hmm. on it too yeah um so we did start 11 years ago 11 years ago mm -hmm. with a business partner yeah, named yeah, jason yeah. um it was the three of us and over the years the visions were changing right but when we originally had sat down with jay um her and i liked the name new a training center a lot he really liked new a martial arts and uh, his rebuttal to training center was that we incorporate martial arts, right? We have jujitsu, we have boxing, we have kickboxing. And it made sense, you know? So we went with, with what he wanted with the new way martial arts. Mm -hmm. And uh, it made total sense at the time. When we got into the new facility, the 12,000 square foot facility, we started doing more than martial arts, right? Yeah. We have a, a workout facility, uh, Izzy, by then had gotten personal training certifications, TRX certifications, all different kinds of things that we needed for our, our pro and amateur athletes. Mm -hmm. um, and we kind of had this vision of trying to keep everything in house. Um, yeah. A couple of years ago, I got picked to do a, a Lululemon ambassadorship. And um, through that ambassadorship with Lululemon, I got to meet a lot of cool people. And mm -hmm. we met this young lady, young lady Natalie Abraham, and she's a nutritionist. And uh, we connected really well with her and we started working with her and bouncing outside, bouncing ideas off each other. And then we incorporated her into our nutritionist for the gym, for our fighters and things like that. And, um, and for ourselves. Yeah, for ourselves. <laughs> and then when COVID hit, I think COVID kind of brought the realism out of people. Mm. Um, I think when people, true selves, I think when people, yeah. rooted selves of people, I think when people's backs are against the wall, as you experienced too, um, yeah. you're a flight or flight kind of person. And um, everyone's true, trueness comes out. And uh, after COVID happened, our business partner's vision, Jason's vision was much different than ours. Mm -hmm. And um, we try to make it work for about a year, mm -hmm. you know, try to try to give and take and, and make that vision work. And it just kept hitting our head against the same wall, the same wall, the same wall, the same wall. So uh, mid to late last summer, uh, the three of us sat down and, and we decided after 10 and a half years, we had a great run together, um, but it was time to, to separate. Mm -hmm. um, we, we threw a bunch of ideas around how that was gonna go. And uh, you know, at that time he was kind of thinking he wasn't gonna do this anymore. And he was looking to just maybe teach jujitsu somewhere. Um, he, he was an all in jujitsu guy, that was his thing. 
um, where I'm a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu under Carlos Machado, but I also have been boxing 23 years. She's been boxing for a long time, but she's a brown belt under Jiu-Jitsu. So mm -hmm. the passion that we have fit the whole mold mm -hmm. and his passion was just a part of it, you know? Right. And mm -hmm. uh, so he decided to still open up a school, a Jiu-Jitsu school, and uh, we bought him out. So we did a buyout and we did the buyout. Her and I were sitting there we're like, okay, we need some rebranding, you know? Uh, COVID hurt all gyms, um, hurt the feel in the gyms. Mm -hmm. um, people kind of were uncomfortable coming back in at first because they were right. afraid of COVID and stuff. And um, the vision that he was trying to create was much different than, like I said, the vision we were trying to create, which created like a, a, a void in the atmosphere. So like one side of the gym felt one way, one side of the gym kind of felt the other way. And um, we knew it was time for a rebranding to try to reignite why we do jujitsu and why we do boxing and why we are here a new way and then mm -hmm. i'll let you kind of touch base on why we went mm -hmm. to a new way training center and we're kind of getting back to our old roots so back in when we first started it was we all trained in everything you know because of our backgrounds we're striking and jujitsu um we would train both and that kept a really healthy mix and mindset for people mm -hmm. and then um once kind of the environment started changing that started happening a lot less and yeah. we got back into when we got to um kind of do our own thing we kind of got to build that same environment we had before and mm -hmm. now there's a lot more unity again in the in the whole gym and not just this segregation of strikers and grapplers right uh, because you know you put it together in mma and we have a uh, mma program and uh very successful in all of our programs so we're trying to bring everyone back together trying to mm -hmm. keep like humble mindsets you know we have people who are very very good very um talented and we want to keep an environment that's for everyone and we're a good mix of you know having being a place for for if you're a beginner experienced if you're doing this for fitness if you're doing it for competing like we have a little something for everyone and we maintain that environment also mm -hmm. maintaining a family-friendly environment which can be tough but yeah. we managed to do it in the past and we're managing to bring it back and our environment is back to those roots i mean the change was was uh, immediate. immediate everyone said you know, once we got back, wanted to get back into our old roots, our old mindset, everyone said the environment changed like that. They like, they noticed yeah. the difference right away and mm -hmm. we're kind of back to old new way, but right with a new kind of tone to it being new way training center. Cause we offer so much more than, than just grappling and striking, you know, we right. have yoga now and, and a lot more fitness classes and new way martial arts was too intimidating to a lot of people who are just doing it for fitness mm -hmm. so or you know for uh for martial arts so we wanted to be able to appeal to people that are just doing it for fitness yeah and it did yeah. and it kind of lost the martial arts thing again kind of lost what we were what we were doing you know with offering programs with yoga and mm -hmm. stretching and flexibility classes and things like that um we started because as we grew we started with just amateur athletes and and the everyday or as i call them the, the people that are just wanting to be healthy and stay in shape and uh we grew into a program that had professional athletes we've had um larkin dash is one of our female pearl mma fighters she fought at um valerie laredo at madison square gardens at bellator um S sunshine garrett ross we call him the eclipse now uh garrett ross was a young man who started with us and he's 18. uh he lives with my wife and i 
um, we kind of took him in as, as, a, as like a, we wanted to help him. Um, a very good young man just needed some help, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we took him in. He lives, he's been living with us for probably about five years now. And uh, he started off as just a guy who wanted to do some amateur boxing, nice young kid, uh, kind of reminded me and her of me when I was his age. And uh, we vibed <laughs> a lot and uh, he, he moved in with us and he's a professional athlete. Now he's a professional boxer at three and one. Um, but he embodies what new age training center is, is mm-hmm. we love it because people don't realize since he turned pro, he stopped doing jujitsu because he doesn't want to risk an injury and he, he's contracted the fight. It could cost him, you know, money and things like that. So he's kind of putting jujitsu on the back burner a little bit, but everybody's always kind of shocked because like they don't know and he'll jump on the mat after a boxing class and he'll throw somebody in an ankle lock or a heel hook and they'll be like, what, what, <laughs> what, what do you, and he's like, oh, I'm a purple belt in jujitsu, man, you know? And, and he had gotten his purple belt in jujitsu right before he stopped to do it. And he, he's got his aspirations after boxing to, to continue his, his jujitsu career and get a, become a black belt and stuff. But, you know, he, he kind of embodies what we are. And, and, and that's somebody who came in just wanting to box for fun. He never mm-hmm. played a sport in his life. He's three and one as a professional boxer. We have two big fights coming up. One I can't talk about, but one I can tell you is going to be in a, at the Arnold Classics on March 4th, where he's going to face his toughest opponent yet. And um, when he gets that win, he'll be nationally ranked um, on all belt levels, the IBO, the IBF, the WBA, WBC. So it's going to be really cool Like when he gets past this next fight. He went from a kid who just had really long curly hair and wanted to box for fun to right. this professional athlete that's tearing it up. Mm-hmm. So he embodies what New Age Training Center really is. And he is, and he's passing his mindset on to our youth boxers. He mm-hmm. he teaches our youth program for, for boxing. It's a very successful boxing program for the kids. And we're, we're seeing like 20, 25 to 30 kids now in these classes. So it's, awesome. it's good to see he's like passing this on now to our uh, our future for and boxing. His, basically. I, I call her his partner in crime. His partner in crime, Lisa, uh, started off as a, as a mom who wanted to get in shape and do some boxing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and she started in her 40s. And um, she's four and one as an amateur boxer now in her 40s. She started master boxing with us. And uh, she's four and one right now. She's won the Atlanta Classics as a female boxer. Her son, Luca, um was our first youth kid to ever win the the uh, arnold classics as a youth boxer and he beat two of buster douglas's young men uh, to do that and lisa and sunshine have a dynamic between the two of them and uh they have a way to grab the attention of the room and especially with kids and uh they've done an amazing job with the program but they both again embody what new way training center is she also trains jujitsu she does mm-hmm. the strength and conditioning with izzy she does the yoga and she understands the importance of what we're offering and how we offer the total package. Mm-hmm. And they're both great examples of that. Yeah, absolutely. So it makes things a little bit more cohesive across the board, all of the services that you offer, uh, yeah. rather than just focusing on, you know, one piece or another, it's, it's mm-hmm. more cohesive. So now yes. as far as growth goes or kind of the next steps for you guys or your main focuses within the business for 2022 where are you guys looking to take this thing obviously you've grown it you know pretty well over the the last few years to a point now where you're at your in your biggest space and it seems like you're as successful as you've ever been so what's the next step for you because you know people people like you guys are never really satisfied you know it's like we always are wanting to grow we're always wanting to do more we're always you know looking for what's next so what is that for 
You guys, and what is that for the facility as a whole? Probably you start. I'll go from there. Okay. So, so kind of my vision and my thought is um, we have two of our friends, uh, Tyler and Mallory. They're starting their own company called Michigan Civil Defense, um, where they're going to be doing all different kinds of like women's self-defense seminars. There's going to be some, um, there, there's uh, health and wellness. So they're doing like first aid. They do CPR classes and all this. So we built like a classroom setting for them to start to um, grow their business. Um, and a lot of their stuff relates to what we do. Uh, Izzy and a, a friend of ours, Pete, who owns Black Mountain Defense, who's one of our students, um, he started his Krav Maga business with Inside New Way and now has expanded to his own building. Um, we've helped him start his business. Um, he's kind of part of it too. And, and him and Izzy, Pete and Izzy started this weapons-based grappling class. Um, obviously like adopt a cop and, and getting police officers into jujitsu is a big thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, Pete and Izzy started a program where you can learn how to grapple with weapons and, and, and things like that. Um, work retention, so, work, you know, protecting yourself, mm -hmm. how to not get your weapon taken from you if you carry and things like that. So we're looking to expand um, in some of those areas. Um, I, over the years, have really grown to love the competition aspect of it. Um, mm -hmm. I, I've always kind of loved coaching. Um more i still izzy and i still compete to this day we've we've done the worlds in jujitsu mm -hmm. um i've done worlds at brown and black belt she's done worlds at uh blue and purple belt mm -hmm. um we've boxed golden gloves all that stuff too um throughout our years and and we you know we just were out to texas a few months back to do a boxing tournament so we love that that portion of it and it's a lot of fun but some of the, the the most joy I get is when I can see a student accomplish that. So I enjoy watching somebody grow and do it more than I like to watch myself do it in a yeah. sense. Um, that gives me my pride and enjoyment. So mm -hmm. my goal is to continue to grow that aspect of it, um, continue to help people with competition. Um, competing in any sport is expensive. Um, yeah. So something her and I, her and I are going to start doing this year is, um, trying to help kids who want to compete. You know, you think about the kids that are competing, they're either in high school or starting college. Neither of those two times in your life, do you really have a lot of money? No. And depending on, depending on your upbringing too, you know, your, your family might have, might not have the money to fund those things. Mm -hmm. um, so her and I decided this year that if anybody wants to compete and represent new way, we're going to give them a discounted membership, but they have to do three competitions a year. And it doesn't matter what it is. If it's jujitsu, it's boxing, it's MMA, it doesn't matter, kickboxing. Um, and then by giving them that discounted membership, the money they'll save per month will help pay for their sanctioning fees, their tournament fees, traveling, um, gear that they have to buy. Mm -hmm. So we're going to try to help them uh, that way. So it's like a give and take in a sense, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one way that we kind of envision trying to grow uh, the competition aspect of it. Um, just to give you a little example, we, we were the first um, school in the suburbs to ever win first and second place in the Diamond Gloves and Golden Gloves in Detroit. Um, on average at the Detroit Golden Gloves, we bring 20 to 30 people uh, to compete. Mm -hmm. So we have a pretty decent uh, competition uh, aspect as it is. Um, to, to expand on, we love that aspect of it. Izzy and I both sit on the board for the Detroit Golden Gloves as a, a volunteer position. Um, and then we also are uh, both coaches for the traveling team for the national team. So when the Detroit Golden Gloves happens every year, the winners of the open class division get to travel to a national tournament uh, for the Golden Gloves and compete. 
and uh, Izzy and I are the two of the three, four coaches that get to go do that. Um, so, so we've we've built a good reputation in, in our in our area and our to try to help that aspect of things. So we're looking to to expand on that, you know, some more. And um, I mean, just refocusing on the rebranding, uh, getting the gym to be back the way it was. Because when you do have, you know, a split, you got to kind of like rebrand it and then get the yeah. feeling to be the way you want it to be. And um, <laughs> I think that's where we are right now. You know. Um, is, is kind of getting back to the student numbers because when we did split you know like uh jason had taken some students with him he's got students that were loyal to him and we got students that are loyal to us and we knew going into it that would happen and mm -hmm. um we're happy for him uh we're happy to know that he was able to start his business and, and have the student mm -hmm. base to help him get started out right off the rip and not have to restruggle right. again yeah. um there there's i always joke around there's enough meat on the bones you know People yes. will be like, oh, yeah. do you see there's another gym yes. open up two miles yeah. from you? I'm like, it's cool. Don't yeah, worry about yeah, it. Like, yeah. first of all, there's plenty enough meat in the bone. There's different people for different instructors exactly. for different people, different gyms for different people. So yes. so, so I encourage out. it. Like, I like it. And I think competition is always good for for a business owner because it pushes you to want to, to be the best you can be. Keeps and, you on your and, toes. Yeah, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of where we're at. It's, just, it's more about the rebranding and getting the gym to be the way that we always had envisioned it in the first place. Yeah. And with the, with the, with our building being as big as it is, we kind of had to take some time to reconfigure like what space doesn't work for us. How can we make this space, you know, work for us and mm -hmm. actually make money with that space. So right. that's where we brought in new things like yoga and a classroom for different um, presentations. And, you know, we do CPR stuff now too, and uh, first aid. So that gets used for that now. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of focus will be into giving back to the community as much as we can. And mm -hmm. then focusing on as well as getting people to reach for their goals, whatever their goals are fitness wise, competition wise, like we're here to help motivate them. And our reason for competing ourselves too, is to help motivate. That's, that's our main right. goal exactly. is mm -hmm. if we can do it, you can do it. I always, I always joke around and tell them, you know, the 43 year old old man can get out there and do it. <laughs> then, you know, you young kids got to be able to do it, you know? And if we can bust our butt and do camps, you know, make through camps, uh, it shows everyone else that uh, they can too. And there's no excuses. Right. And we, and yeah. We, so, so far, the plan's working. Um, just in the the last month and a half of last year, we got back almost two thirds of what we had lost when the split happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm anticipating, based upon numbers yesterday, I'm anticipating by mid February, for us to be numbers wise, back to where we were prior to the split already. Got it. So it's okay. showing things are working. It's showing um what we're doing is working you know what i mean and it helps right. we're very we're very very welcoming you know we want new people to learn we want to give an environment to where you're you you know you took that first step and walking through the door that's the scary part right now is the next part is doing the training with other people like jujitsu you're so close contact with people giving them an environment where they feel safe and they feel right. very welcomed and invited to do it I think that's why we're having good success with with that. You know, it's not just come in and you get fed to the wolves. No, we want to we want you we want to teach, and our people want to help bring others in to help them teach and you know. And that was the build build uh, the 
kind of partner based, you know? Right. That was, yeah. last, that was the last thing I wanted to touch on too, is prior to the split, there was instructors that kind of didn't fit the mold for mm -hmm. what our vision was. Um, and Izzy and I are both very blessed and very fortunate to have uh, the instructor base we have around us. Um, again, like we talked about Sunshine and Lisa writing the kids uh, boxing program. In my in my adult boxing, we have uh, a, a good friend of mine, Joe uh, Stanley, who started boxing with us when he was 12. Um, now is 21 years old and, and he's probably, if I'd have to say our second best boxing coach we have here. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. The kid at 21 years old really and stepped it up. And for it. Yeah, for it too. He, he started boxing after Sunshine and uh, he cornered Sunshine in Sunshine's last pro fight. So he's found a passion <laughs> for teaching and, and he, he's amazing at it. Um, so we have great instructors on the striking side, Coach Ray with his kickboxing from, you know, from the Philippines. And then on the jiu-jitsu side, that, that's what took the most impact with the split. And um, we could have been more blessed to have Drew, who I've known since he was nine years old. I've been teaching him jiu-jitsu since he was nine. He's 21 now. He's like, Bobby, Izzy, I'm here for you. What do you need? I'm ready to teach. And he's got the same passion that we do. And he wants the same thing as we do. Uh, my cousin, Jim, uh, same thing. He's got that passion and that want to teach. Uh, Nikki, who helps us with MMA, who's got an MMA background and helps us with kids jujitsu. Uh, Marcus helps us with kids jujitsu. And um, we were able to just, we had this team like, okay, you guys, let's get the school back where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, they came with the same passion as Izzy and I did to, to rebuild this into something better. And uh, all their passion is bleeding through and it's showing. Mm -hmm. um, we, we had eight Google reviews in the past two weeks mm -hmm. um, from students just like because they they loved what they were seeing and stuff like that and they wanted to express it and we have new newer students like today at, uh, Ennis came in with one of his buddies He's like you got to train here and they literally went out to lunch together and he took him in here to show him around to get him to start training That's awesome. here. And it's, it's great to see that um, what our team is building is really starting to bleed through and there's there's no way it could be done with just Izzy and I, mm, without the yeah. team behind us, it it's would so much not, bigger than us. It would not right. be possible, you know. Yeah. And when you think long term, the greatest thing that could happen is when we're no longer able to do it, will one of these people take it over? Mm -hmm. And that would be my long, long term goal is for, say, like Sunshine or my cousin Jim or this young lady Savannah who's going to be making her pro debut this year and she's been to nationals multiple times and won golden gloves multiple times she's even hinted around to maybe one day when she decides to have a family she would like to have run the gym and it'll be really cool to see like who we get to pass the torch off to one day mm -hmm. and and see them even make it into something bigger you know yeah because already already our instructors are are internal right they they started with us at young and as adults they've stuck with us and now they're instructing so it's a cool full circle thing yes yes absolutely so now one thing that i love to ask every gym owner that i speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice for somebody who is thinking about doing their own thing opening their own business opening their own gym what would that be? You guys have kind of gone through a lot in this process. So if there's one thing that really stands out to you before we start to wrap up here, what would that be? I would, um, I would say have a knowledge of business, right? Mm -hmm. um, you have to have a good knowledge of business. You have, you can't just willy nilly open up a place in a strip mall. You got to make sure that you have a, a, a message, you have a mission statement, you have a goal. 
And then depending on what that looks like, make sure that you have the market research and market analysis to find the a place, a city a, in, a, in a state that fits where that's going to all work. And um, just know like it doesn't happen overnight. You know, there's, there takes a lot of sacrifice and a lot of commitment. And uh, to make sure that if you don't have that knowledge that you team up with somebody like you who's willing to help teach them mm -hmm. or, you know, somebody in the gym, like even us, would be willing to help them, um, you know, learn how to get through those things. And just, you know, just to know, like, you're going to have ups and downs and you got to keep moving forward no matter what, you know, life is hard, right. but you got to hit harder and you got to keep moving forward, mm -hmm. you know, so that would be my advice. But don't be afraid to do it either. Like if you yes. have the dream to do it, then just, you just got to jump in and do it. Right. I mean, every, yeah. everybody told Jason, Izzy and I, when we started, because we just hit that recession, you know, Yeah. and they're like, you guys are crazy. Like people are losing their homes. There's no way you're going to be successful. No one's going to have the money to do that. Mm -hmm. And we're like, look, we all have full-time jobs. So like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like it costed us 10,000 to open the gym. Right. So right. divide that by three, I guarantee you human beings at our age and our, in our younger thirties at the time, would have spent that on alcohol, would have spent that mm -hmm. on so many negative things, yeah. going to the bar, mm -hmm. going to the casino, um, buying energy drinks or whatever your, 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 your vice is, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so we all looked at it like what? So we're not losing that much. You know what I'm saying? No. There's no putting gas in your car and going for a ride for no reason. So yeah. <laughs> for us, we looked at it as like, it was a worth investment to make yeah. that, yeah, that yeah. chance. And like she said, take the risk. Because without risk, you'll never get reward, you know. Exactly. And at first we did it, you know, it was just to have a place to train. It wasn't to make money. That wasn't the the goal of it. It was just have a place we could train with our friends, basically, and have, you know, different body types to, to work with and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that's, again, like I said, we had only hoped for just making the bills. And then because of our passion for what we did, it just kind of, yeah, I think, passion eventually leads to success and mm -hmm. so it's not something that we were exactly working for it just kind of happened because of our passion for it right yeah yeah absolutely one one piece that you touched on there that always stands out to me and you know it's something that i always like to keep in mind is that you shouldn't necessarily tell other people what you're doing because their negative influence can really influence you and make you even more fearful of what it is that you're looking to accomplish. And that's something that's really hard because like a lot of times, and it even comes from people that are really close to you. A lot of the time, your family, and it's not necessarily coming from a negative space. It's more so like they don't want to see you fail. They don't want to see you put yourself in a negative position. But right. a lot of times that holds people back in and of itself, the influence of other people. It's like you have this dream and this idea of what you want to do, and then somebody else kind of ruins it for you. And then, you know, you never really get there. So just kind of, you know, there's that yeah. saying, you know, keep quiet about where you're going yes. because yeah, yeah. people can That's ruin it for you. Do it. Yeah. Right. Before you even start. So, yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, at the, at the end of the day, don't let the fear hold you back. And, you know, if right. you want to do something, go for it. And like yeah, you said, okay. initially for you guys, it wasn't like you were uh, investing a hundred thousand dollars to open up this place. It was, you know, a small, a small amount in the grand scheme of things between the three of you. And you know, look what it's turned into. So yeah. you yes. never really know where right. it could go. For sure. but exactly. If you never exactly. take that chance, then yep. you definitely don't get there. That's exactly. for sure. Exactly. Exactly. All right. 
Yes. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Go ahead. You, you're the social media. Um, so <laughs> we have um, we have Instagram. We're New Way Training Center on Instagram. On Facebook, we're New Way Training Center as well, since we're doing the rebranding. Um, our website is New Way, still New Way Martial Arts. Dot com and we're working on transitioning that you know that's going to take a little bit longer because we don't want to lose our history and everything mm-hmm. um and and we have to have a twitter account too um new way training center, new way training center. yeah okay. so yes perfect all righty so izzy and bobby from new way training center in michigan thank you so much for taking this time to join us today it's been awesome having you guys on the show thank, thank you, you for very having much i appreciate it Absolutely. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to fitness pros who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Kafuka Fitness in Pemberton, British Columbia, Canada. Lindsay May, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. I am so thankful for you being here. I'm excited to talk about as much as we can squeeze into this. So let's not waste any time. Tell me about Kafuka Fitness what you're all about, what your business model is, give it to us for the audience. Yeah, absolutely. So I am currently operating a boutique fitness studio where I am doing one-on-one personal training um, and semi-private personal training. So I've recently downsized into this smaller space um, because of COVID and the world and what's happening around me. And I've also moved into the online fitness industry, which has been really exciting. Yeah, the uh, one of the few upsides, if you can call it that, of COVID has been people embracing Zoom and different different meetings and things like that. And it's really opened up the online space to, to many businesses, but specifically in our niche trainers. So I want to, I want to talk about how you've embraced that, what your pivot and transition has looked like and, you know, what you find the pros and cons to moving into that space have been for you. Hmm. Yeah. Well, the larger studio that I had been operating Um, I've had a number of studios over the nearly two decades that I've been working in this industry, but the largest studio that I had was um, large enough that I could do classes upwards of 16 to 18 people. Um, And I had a full schedule. I had other trainers working for me. So the simplification of downsizing has really added so much space to my own life. Um, It's taken a lot of pressure off, financial pressure to, um, you know, hit those goals in terms of 
especially through the restrictions of COVID, being able to cover the overhead, which we all know can be pretty high um, for a gym. And so the simplification of that has been exciting to watch unfold in my own life. And then moving into the online space, you know, connecting with my clients over Zoom, um, learning a whole new industry of tech <laughs> has had its ups and downs and its challenges for me. And, you know, I feel like I've got it nailed here now. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, simplification is something that I'll <laughs> we could often use a dose of in, in many areas of life. Um, so that, that part of it has definitely been a, a win for a lot of trainers. Um, when it comes to how you are able to deliver your product to your clients, you've already had a lot of experience of, of being a niche boutique, you know, very, very hands-on high service trainer. So mm -hmm. you feel like, there has been any loss of your ability to provide the service at a level you want. Um, and on the other side of that, have you found that with people's flexibility and able to, you know, kind of work out in, on their own schedule or in the comfort of their home, that people are in any way happier with the remote training than you would have anticipated? Yeah, you know, these are these are really good questions, Dom, because one of the as as you know, right, one of the special things about a gym is the connection that trainers have with clients and that clients have with each other. Um, and I would refer to my people as our, you know, sweaty fitness family. And, you know, we'd look forward to our spin yoga class each week and we catch up and we talk as we're working through those you know first five minutes and check in with everyone and being in a small community this was a really intimate way for us to connect and have these relationships and personally yeah i'm i'm really missing that part that transition and i know my clients are too because some of them have come with me into my online um, offerings, but some of them are feeling really overloaded with Zoom. They're using it for work all day long. They're using it to connect with family. And I know for a lot of people, they are looking for that human connection. For other people, um, they've absolutely loved it. <laughs> like it's been the best thing for them because they don't have to leave their house. And that transition time of getting to the gym and getting changed and getting back home, suddenly they've got more time in their day. And so a few of my clients have said that even if I were to reopen a larger studio again, they really like the ability to just train at home. And they like that flexibility. They like that extra time. Yeah. So with both sides being the way that they are, I know you still maintain your studio space that you have. So once you're able, once COVID and provincial rules are lifted, do you mm -hmm. think that to the extent that you can, you're going to push to try to try to pull some people back into the the face-to-face in-person training and then just nurture those people who don't want to come back in um, versus some people who are just like, Hey, online training is great. I'm never going to go back to in-person. It sounds like you are 
chomping at the bit for whenever you get the okay to have some people actually there? You know, it's, there is something really special about human connection. And I believe that we can create human connection via Zoom. And it took me a while to honestly just soften into just being myself. When I first shifted into the online market, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself that I had to kind of operate on this different level of who I am. Um, and the way that I coach my clients is from a really intimate, personal, personal space, right? I care about them. And that level of connection um, is really invaluable. It's what has made me so successful all of these years um, is that I really care about my clients. So yeah, of course, I'm really looking forward to being in the flesh once again and you know, working on those friendships and those relationships. But I have to say, I have been able to create this level of connection with clients from other communities that I have never met before. And I never would have met unless I'd moved into the online market. And I think that individually, we have the capacity to create whatever it is that we want to create and that our people will always find us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the things that you touched on that I think is, is leading towards where the business is going and we may be a little ahead of ourselves, but I think it's important mm -hmm. is um, the level of connection, the level of uh, involvement that you have with your clients is something that you're evolving the business into to an, to include some degree of life coaching. So tell me how that fits in, what your plans are to, to work it in, if it's going to be for all of your clients, if it's going to be a sort of a la carte or case-by-case -case basis. Um, how do you see the, the future looking, you know, integrating that with how you execute your brand, uh, your style of fitness and wellness? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is something I'm really, really excited about. Um, it became really apparent to me um, as we moved into 2020 how connected I really was to my clients. Um, I had been training with some of my clients since the birth of their children who are now remote learning at university. Like, these are decades of connection and the conversations that take place in an intimate setting um, are about life, are about what makes us tick as human beings. Um, I studied this in university. I have a degree in anthropology with a minor in critical studies and sexuality. And, you know, we have rad conversations when we're lifting weights together. It's People get emotional, people get vulnerable, and it creates space to really see people for who they are. Um, so there was always that boundary of needing to not be someone's therapist, but at the same time, um, connecting with them on an emotional level. So the work that I am 
shifting into adding onto my palette of offerings um, is life coaching. So I have been working with a number of different coaches and mentors um, this past year. And for all of us in the fitness industry, we I think I can speak for all of us that we do understand the connection between our physical health and our mental and emotional health, right? And this is why so many people are struggling right now um, with gym closures and shutdowns is not just the lack of connection to other human beings, but the ability to be in a routine, right? To take care of our bodies, to burn off all of that energy, to get those endorphins going, right? We all know that exercise is an incredible stress reliever. And so moving through, you know, a point in time where people's stress levels are at an all-time high and then we're limited in how we can really manage this in a healthy way, you know, the long-term effects of this are going to be interesting to see. So the life coaching that I'm offering really is... Um, it's, it's all over the map. It's, it's pretty exciting. I'm doing one-on-one life coaching. I'm offering a number of different programs. Um, one of which is called the journey. And this is a year long experience where each month we focus on a different topic and how it relates to how we're showing up as human beings. So this month, um, what I'm teaching is, um, the path of conscious living, And how do we live more consciously? How do we show up with more intentionality? Um, Next month is the path of integrity. How do we live with more integrity? How do we hold ourselves accountable to ourselves? And really all of these topics are relevant in terms of the relationship that we have with food and exercise in our body. Wow. There's, um, there's a lot, lot to unpack there, but It really, I think the biggest thing for me is seeing how you've, I want to say given yourself permission, but really taken what we hear and and it almost becomes trite at a certain point of saying, we're really involved in these people's lives. They're our friends, they're our family, you know, this, we spend more time with them, whatever the case may be. There are all these things that we hear, you know, ad nauseum almost and you've mm. really just said, like, how can I, I'm going to make this even more real, more involved and more impactful and are, are taking it to, to a level that I don't know that I would say, I mean, I don't even know that a lot of people would attempt to go down that path because you can get so personally invested. There's a lot of, there's a lot of emotional exposure there, but seeing the value in it and deciding you know, I've put this many years in as a trainer. I've had mm. you know, so much impact on people physically, but how can I tie in even more, you know, emotional, mental, you know, to some people may say spiritual, however you look at that thing, involvement into your everyday practice. And I'm sure there, you know, there are going to be some, some different stages of it, but it really sounds like something for people on the other side, for potential clients, for people who get it to really now move into that holistic health and wellness. Mm -hmm. And really you're somebody's, you know, life advisor and life coach. And yeah, it's cool that, you know, fitness will play into it versus those things being very often separate. I think we hear, 
sometimes with, you know, people who are trainers that want to do a little life coaching. But I think if you're going to get into that realm, Mm -hmm. you have to do a lot or else you're probably spinning your wheel. So it sounds like you're 125%. I'm all in. (laughs) So I think that gives me and the listeners a really good idea of who who you are, who the business is, what, where things are going with it. So I want to touch on a couple of operational things because I think Mm -hmm. it's going to generate some questions. And the first one for me, um, it's, it's always a big topic, but you're doing this in a very small town, you know, somewhere 2,500 people that it's not a small town that's next to big cities and things like that. You're somewhat remote in BC, (laughs) not, you don't have a big a population to draw from. So where are you going to look for clients that want specifically what you have? How are you going to leverage the online aspect? What is quote, you know, marketing and advertising going to look like for you to grow this? And to what extent do you want to grow it? Right? How large of a client base do you want to serve? And where are you going to find those people? Yeah, absolutely. This is the um, really incredibly exciting thing about moving into the online world is there are no more limitations, right? My client base, if I were to be working exclusively um, hands-on in my studio is limited to the community that I live in. And so expanding literally into the world Anyone, anyone around the world can be working with me. And the way that we reach our people is social media. My business is really heavily reliant on social media. I'm active on Facebook. I'm active on Instagram. I'm active on TikTok. Um, And my people find me. And it's, it's really exciting and fun. I get to connect with people around the world. The world can literally be your oyster if you're willing to embrace mm-hmm. social media. That's absolutely really where I, I would think. And a lot of that is going to be just you putting out your personal messaging, you know, whatever value that you're putting out into the community and looking for those people who it resonates with who say, hey, Lindsay, this, I, you know, maybe I didn't even know I was looking for this. This is really cool. You know, you get the you know, somebody who's liked 23 of your posts in a row and you're like, hey, mm-hmm. we might, you might be my type of person. So um, I definitely can see that being, you know, the, the biggest thing that would swing the pendulum for you. So with the amount of involvement, with what it's going to take for time and investment into this type of holistic coaching, where do you see the capacity being? You know, how many clients in a roster, do you think you could service at the level that you want to? Um, and what's your trajectory for, for getting there? Absolutely. So I think you really hit the nail on the head in reference to time, right? If we're looking at the fitness industry and the clients that we're often working with, here we are talking to each other week three of January. And this is the week where people start plummeting, right? New Year's resolutions, people are falling off track. And I've got some pretty strong opinions about this. And I really am not an advocate of New Year's resolutions for this reason, um, because 
I really believe that what happens is we put so much pressure on ourselves to achieve goals by a certain time stamp, right? And if we took a different perspective, and this is why people quit, in my opinion, is they don't see the results that they want. They've got unrealistic expectations on when something should be happening. And if it doesn't happen by that time, they quit because it's easier to quit than to fail at something. And so if we keep trying and it keeps not happening, then that's harder to swallow than quitting, right? Because if we quit, we can you know, say that it's our choice and we just didn't really want it or whatever it is, right? But if we actually commit to our goals forever, if we take time out of achieving our goals, then we're never failing if we're still trying. And so in terms of the growth for myself, as I transition into this new part of my business and what I have to offer, my goal really is to, to take that time stamp out of the equation and to plant seeds of intention in the universe, really, right? So every post I make on social media, that post is not to get 47 people's attention right now. Because a month from now, someone might come back and see that post and it might resonate with them. And so my goal is to keep showing up authentically, exactly as I am, exactly who I am. No smoke and mirrors, just this is me. This is what I have to offer the world. And trust that the people that are meant to find me are going to find me. And when we let go of the expectations of success in this very, you know, you know, corporate masculine sense of what success looks like, we create a lot of freedom to plant seeds of potential growth. And so the answer to your question is huge, right? My capacity, my energetic capacity to handle a broader client base is growing all the time. At one point I was in my, in my largest studio that I operated, you know, I was serving upwards of 150 clients. It was amazing. I was teaching a ton of classes. Um, I was doing a lot of personal training. I was doing small group training um, and it really lit me up. And so as I move into this online industry, my capacity to, you know, invite people into my world through the classes, really there is no limit on that. And in terms of the life coaching, um, again, the programs that I offer, I can service people through the programs. Um, and then in the one-on-one -on -one mentorship coaching that I'm offering, my capacity to hold more and more clients is, is growing each day. So it sounds like you've given this just a little bit of thought. Just a little bit. <laughs> there, there isn't anything that strikes me as not not being, you know, getting as much of your real attention. I think attention gets thrown around too much, but it's something where you've really consciously decided how much of your energy you're going to put into this, what your expectations should be, um, how you how you even want to measure success in your own unique way. So I think 
you know, it's it's something that a lot of people don't give themselves room to do, especially in the parameters of a business in mm-hmm. whatever brackets they put that in. So I can see where that's going. So the the other side of that, and I know that you they're kind of inexorably linked here. So as that progresses, do you have any milestones? or um, benchmarks of growth for yourself as a person, as an entrepreneur, um, as, as a coach where you're, you're measuring, you know, stages of progress of different places that you want to be, or do you have any, any types of skill sets um, that you're looking to acquire any type of training, personal development, any, any measures for you that you think are going to impact where you go, where this business goes, where the whole entity ends up on whatever timeline? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the goals I have for this year is um, through my um, personal trainer certification, um, there's a second tier where I can be a trainer of fitness leaders. Um, this is something that's always interested me, but I've never actually taken the steps to move forward with that. Um, to be perfectly honest, because I was busy enough and, you know, successful enough in that more traditional sense um, of earning capacity, um, that it wasn't um, something that I felt I even had space for on my plate. Um, so now that I've figured out um, you know, the technology of what I can do in the online space, something that I would like to do is to get that designation as um, a leader of fitness leaders. And I can then offer courses specific to other people in the industry. So personal trainers, group fitness instructors. Um, I have a number of different designations. Like I said, I've been doing this for years. Um, (laughs) so, you know, with all those continuing education credits, (laughs) you take more and more certifications. Um, and one of the things that I would like to do is teach other trainers the importance and how to really develop these deeper relationships with clients, how to connect with them and to really see people as individuals and not just, you know, prescribing the same programs to the same person. Um, Because a lot of times what I have found is my clients aren't coming to me to learn how to do a bicep curl, right? Everyone knows how to do a bicep curl. There's a million videos on YouTube (laughs) to teach you how to do exercises. And so that's not what clients are looking for. They're looking for a human being with a personality. They're looking for authenticity. They're looking for someone who cares, Um, So that's on my list um, of things to do. I want to grow my social media presence. And again, this is not going to be a hard number that I want to achieve by a certain date. It's just going to be me expanding um, into the world. And the way that I do that is just to continue showing up as me. I don't want people to be following me because I've done something sensational or, you know, I've got a great picture. I want people to follow me because they care about what I'm doing and I want to feel connected to them. I really believe in the power of relationships and social media is no different. You know, this is the whole idea between social media is it's not one way viewing. It 
it should be connection and relationships to people. And so that's, that is one of my goals with my audience is to really connect with them. All right. So again, you know, something that you've put a ton of thought behind and it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, and I always say, you know, one of my, my favorite things about doing this is the ability to go back and, and check in with people, you know, six months mm. or, or however long down the line and see where it goes. So lots of, lots of things in the, the works, you know, literally the sky is the limit for where you go with that. So Unfortunately, we do have a limit on how much time we have and we're right up against it. So I do want to ask one more thing before we, before we let you go. Um, you've been in the industry a long time. You've seen fads come and go, trends, um, pandemics, recession, <laughs> all of these things that happen. So I'm sure a ton of lessons and a ton of things wrapped up in there. But um, if you could distill, and I'm not going to say it's the, the one and only thing that's the best, but... Does anything stand out to you that um, as you become a leader of leaders um, in a lot of, you know, our listeners are that if there is one message or one lesson or, or one thing that you wish you could tell everybody who is in this business um, that you feel like it served you well and whether you think it's missing or is just really helpful mm -hmm. anything that stands out to you? You know what? It's just to care about your clients care about the people that you're working with. Understand that they've got lots going on in their lives. And sometimes they just need a cheerleader, you know, and really being able to discern when someone actually wants you to go hard on them. And when they just need to be there because it's good for their mental health. I think that we have a, res a huge responsibility as trainers um, to take care of our clients and yeah. not just in, in the physical sense, right? To really celebrate our individuality. And my advice to other trainers is to care about your clients and to just be yourself, you know, just be you. A lot of Don't try and duplicate. <laughs> Authenticity level 1000, yeah. right? Yep. <laughs> well, sadly, we are officially out of time. Uh, last thing before we let you go, for anybody out there listening, if they want to reach out to you, if they want to find you, uh, I know you're on social media, you have a website. Tell us what those uh, handles, addresses, anywhere where somebody can find you and, and what you're doing out there. Yeah, absolutely, Dom. So on Instagram, you can find me at kafuka.rising. Um, so that is the expansion of my brand. Um, I have two websites, kafukarising.com and then also my original kafukafitness.com. All right. Well, it has been a pleasure having you on here today. I look forward to checking in and seeing what the future holds for you. And through that, Kafuka, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> I appreciate your time today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been great. You are very welcome. And to everyone out there listening, as always, thank you for being here with us. We appreciate your time. Uh, we hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. And if you'd like to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes are released. If you'd like to be on the show, come on, talk about your journey, your business, how you're changing lives. Click the link in the description. Someone from the team will reach out to. We'll get you on ASAP. To everyone out there in Jim Lord's Nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives, keep kicking butt.
Jim Ward's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Words Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Miss Shannon Simmons of Hamburg Fitness Center, coming to you from Michigan. Shannon, what's going on today? How are you? Nothing much. I'm doing well. How are you, Joe? I am doing very, very well. I'm excited to dive into this. Hamburg Fitness Center is, of course, the reason that we're here and and what we are going to be talking about. But there's a lot of different aspects of this business and a lot of history. Why don't you give us a quick description so that people listening know what it is that we're even talking about. When you describe Hamburg Fitness Center to people, what do you tell them? Well, I first use our tagline, we're the hidden gem of Livingston County, because even though we've been in business for about 13 years now, we still find people in our community that have never heard of us. And so we're really trying to branch out and really get out to the people. But um, yeah, going back, uh, this building that we're in that we use for the gym it's been here for 30 years Um, it started as a church camp it converted to a fitness center unfortunately that particular fitness center went under but we were established back in 2009 as Hamburg Fitness Center and ever since then we've been running pretty strong with a good flow of really loyal members and a great community yep and, and to your point, some serious history here, right? There's been a couple of different iterations at this property, but here we are, Hamburg Fitness Center. And tell us a little bit about your role here. What is it that you do at Hamburg Fitness Center? Yeah, so I oversee pretty much all the business operations, the classes that we have going on, the events that we have going on, how we run them, how my staff is going to handle them at the front desk. So as a general manager, um, obviously, number one thing is I take care of reports, reporting, um, contracts, membership, stuff like that. But as far as that goes, I have a fantastic opportunity and space and time to really brainstorm different ideas for a slew of different things like member appreciation. What does that look like? What are we going to do? And just trying to really cater to the members, make sure they're happy 
Um, something else is general managers hearing the members out and taking into account what they have to say that will probably help better the gym and better the experience for them. So a lot of it's customer service. Sure. And, and so a number of hats, right? You, you wear all of these different responsibilities day to day and the intention of all of this. I mean, when we talk about business, the intention of all of this roots back to money in versus money out, right? We want to make sure there's more coming in than going out. And so Absolutely. a lot of those things fall to you. Now, the, the meat and potatoes of this is the open gym general membership sort of aspect, right? People are paying their monthly dues, coming, doing their own workout and going. But you guys layer some other services on top of there. Why don't you tell us what else is available for the people that come and pay their membership? Yeah, absolutely. So our memberships are all inclusive, includes access to everything that we offer. Um, we do day passes for people to take advantage of that. But on top of all the amenities that we offer, uh, we offer personal training services. We have a massage therapist in-house. We have two physical therapists. And then we run clinics for kids or adults, depending on what their needs are. So we have nutrition workshops. We have strength training and form workshops with a personal trainer. Um, we have kids fit motion that'll, sorry, um, that's just a great program for kids to start getting into fitness and really start learning about what it takes to keep your body going and what it takes to keep it strong and healthy and energized. Yeah. Uh, we have and, a pool. So those group classes are included in the membership. Is that correct? Uh, the group fitness classes are, but the additional workshops and clinics that we offer are an additional cost. Okay, cool. Yeah. And, and so we have... The, of course, the general membership, we have group classes, we're doing sort of specialized workshops. And I understand that there's one-on-one -on -one personal training kind of at the head of all of that. Is that right? Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about how that looks in terms of some numbers that we can wrap our head around. How many people in total are we serving right now? Are you saying members of the how gym? Many, how many members? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have 1,500 members currently okay 1500 how many of those 1500 do some of those other things Whew. i'd say that's a good majority um if we're lumping everything in i'd say probably a good maybe 40 percent of those members take advantage of the extra stuff that we have to offer yeah yeah that's really the beauty of this kind of model is that there's so many different ways that we can get people involved. And from a business perspective, so many different ways that we can generate revenue. Yes. Right? We've got that general membership EFT revenue that we can go back month and month and month again, but we've got personal training. We've got seminars and workshops and things that you're talking about. We've got all of these different ways and services that we can bolt on that are a natural fit to what people are already doing. I find in my experience, people in this sort of model, businesses in this sort of model are either really, really focused on trying to grow the membership overall, or really, really focused on trying to get more of their membership into some of those higher level services. Which one do you think that you guys are? 
I would say the latter because granted our number one marketing source is word of mouth and we have plenty of members that come in and just love the place they talk us up but we are definitely focused more on what we can offer additionally for those members to help them out whether they have fitness goals health goals or just wellness goals yeah how do you guys do that because a lot of the time businesses like this almost in the not quite big box category but like medium box if you will have a tough time getting members or or new signups to go in some sort of consultation so that we can steer people towards personal training or whatever else how are you guys making sure that that happens that we're getting volume towards those services absolutely and it's very tough to get people to sign up if they don't they're not aware of what's going on so we definitely reach out to our social media accounts we post on the daily um, daily events specials coming up programs coming up just to keep them involved keep them coming keep them in the know Um, in addition to that we talk it up anywhere we can and we even bring our members in on it our instructors in on it to further word of mouth spread what's going on Um, something that's really cool in this day and age is facebook and the events that you can create through that as well and we do a lot of that to help market ourselves and gain interest by posting in like community groups and mom-to-mom forums and stuff like that yeah and and even within this model i mean a lot of facilities that do it well can even match or outpace general membership revenue with things like personal training with things like group class upsells whatever it may be how many of your 1500 how many of those are in specifically just personal training Ooh, i'd say that's number a little bit lower maybe like 10 to 15 20 percent okay yeah, I mean, it, industry standard, somewhere around 10%, that probably makes sense. And so 150 to 200 people somewhere in a personal training program, somewhere along the way. With personal training, are your trainers on, are they employees of the business or are they 1099 contractors running their own show? They're pretty much 1099 contractors running their own show. Okay. So does personal training revenue just go through them and they're paying rent or is personal training revenue coming through the business and they get paid from there? A little bit of both, actually. So we have two what we call master trainers um, because they have a really nice, loyal uh, client load. They just have to pay rent per month to use the space, but they get to collect whatever money they make off of personal training. Um, Our other tiered personal trainers have a split with the gym. We do a 60-40 split and we let them set their own prices. I see. um, Just, you know, to make sure that they're happy and in good standing and know their worth. And we do pay them out that way as well. So that money for them will come in through the gym and then I'll disperse it. Yeah, absolutely. And and so all of this is, of course, with the intention of building up the business. You and I have gone back to that a couple of times now. 
personal training is something that you mentioned we're trying to focus on. We're trying to get more people into that program, but I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about marketing in general. You mentioned word of mouth being really, really prevalent for you guys in this business. Yeah. How are most people finding you? Is it that word of mouth or is it something else? Uh, it's word of mouth and Google. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and so we're either going on searching for Jim near me or finding it through somebody who's already been a member at some point in time. Okay. Have you guys considered adding in anything else? Are there other ways that you could bring other people in? Absolutely. So something that I really try to focus on is networking with other businesses in the community. Um, we have businesses that are popping up that are healthy protein shakes, and we've had them out multiple times to help promote their business for them. In exchange, they'll help promote ourselves, our, the gym. Um, a lot of community outreach and a lot of networking, I'd say, is the other number one that we focus on. Yeah. In the big picture, you mentioned you have 1,500 members now. Have you guys had any kind of discussion? Hey, I think we could handle 2,000, 2,500. Is there a number in your head that you guys are shooting for? Not necessarily. Um, surprisingly, we haven't really had that discussion uh, in recent times. Ever since we shut down from COVID, it was more or less of goals of trying to get back to business operations and where we were at back in 2019. Yep. And so, I mean, Shannon, talk to us about what we're shooting for in the future then. Give us some, some goals or some things that you guys are looking to accomplish here as we move forward through 2022. Absolutely. Well, with how old the property is and the building standing is still fairly old, I project a lot of updates um, really bringing the business, the gym into the 21st century, because um, we're still kind of old school here. We do paper contracts. Um, we do a lot of payment logs by hand, manual entry, stuff like that. So my biggest goal is getting the gym up and running to the best of its ability and being able to simplify it for everybody yep. and update it. Sure. And, and so looking to, to modernize the business of sort, build out some systems and make things a little bit more technologically savvy so that your role and future hires down the line have an easier time with that. What about in terms of growth, right? We talked about a couple of different things, membership in general. We talked about all of these clinics and workshops that you offer. We talked about PT. Where do you think your focus is going to lie in terms of building up revenue that way? Yeah, absolutely. Probably less focus on memberships and membership revenue and more focus on those additional things. So something else that we make a lot of revenue from is renting out spaces of the gym. We rent out basketball courts. We rent out the racquetball courts, the pool. We have a separate game room. Um, in addition, there's spaces on the property to rent out, and that does bring in a lot of revenue for us, and it does kind of match our membership sales. So we're able to get extra revenue that way um, to kind of make some goals for the future, 
more or less of being able to offer more for these rentals, more for kids' birthday parties or bridal showers or any of the above. Mm. Yeah. And, and so big picture, talk to us about your role with the company. How will things evolve over time for you? Where can you go from here? I definitely can only go up because just being in this role for a little over a year, I still have a lot to learn. Um, I've learned, I can't even tell you how much that I didn't know beforehand. Yeah. And I'm just really excited to be able to give back to the gym, give back to the community and really kind of make it a great space to come to, to hang out, to form friendships. You know, it's just the place to be. Everybody talks about it. Everybody wants to be there. Everybody wants to partake in everything that we have to offer because it's fun and it helps you reach those fitness goals. Yep. That's, that's, that's really what it's about, right? When every, everybody that I ask why you got involved in the industry it's at the end of the day, it's to help people, right? Because right. it's a business, of course, we're here to make money too. But like the, the root of that is actually providing a great service and delivering on the things that we say that we're going to deliver on. Shannon, for you, now that you've been here for a year, I'm sure that you've picked up a, a number of things along the way. But looking back, if you were to, to provide advice to somebody just stepping into this sort of role, what would be the best way that you could help that person? Hmm. I think the best way, which is kind of what I followed myself, was I gave myself a solid year without change. So I didn't impact the gym whatsoever with my ideas. I didn't go out on a limb. I learned the role and the business operations first and how they ran then. Because that way I had a better understanding of what can I change, what can I simplify, and what will be better for us in the future. Yep. And, and that's tremendous, right? We only have so many hours in the day. How can we make ourselves a little bit more efficient? How can I make the things that I do even more effective so that I can then create other versions of myself, right? How do I retrain people to do what I do? And then I can further move up the chain as well, right? Absolutely. Shannon, this has been a whole bunch of fun. I really appreciate the chance to, to pick people's brain and figure out how they're able to move the parts within their business to make the needle a little bit in the direction that we want it to go. Before we get out of here, where can people find out a little bit more about this business? I'm just going on and Googling just like everybody else does. Uh, it's hamburgfitness.net. And we just have a lot of stuff to offer. There's a lot of stuff on the website to kind of dive into, learn about us, learn what we're about. And it's just a great place to be. Yep. Shannon, I've had a bunch of fun. Like I said, I really appreciate your time and I, I'm excited to see what the future of Hamburg Fitness Center looks like a year from now, two years from now. And so I wish you the best and I thank you for coming on the podcast with us. Thank you so much, Joe. I really Absolutely. appreciate it. To everyone who tuned in, 
We appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.